Bam, we're live. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Jethro. Good morning, Kenneth. Good morning, Heidi. I'm going to get that worm today. I don't know what that means. Christian, good morning. Uh, let's see. The Liver King. I, I uh, saw that the uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Hiller has made a very concise five-minute uh, video on his um, YouTube channel in regard. It's basically a summation of the one-hour video that the uh, the Natty or Not guy did. There's this guy just basically all he does is all. it looks like all his videos are is calling people out on their lies and specifically regarding steroid use. And Andrew summed it up. Where are my... I took my liver king pills today. Good morning, Stephen. Uh, those of you who watch the show know that, oh, liver king is natty. Don't at me. Uh, as you guys have known, always, I have always said I could give two shits if he's natty or not. That is not, uh, that is not part of my, I just don't care. I just don't care. Well, I, th that's not, actually, I thought I didn't care. But now that um, all these videos have come out saying he's not natty, and I and I suspect they're true. But Andrew's video is very good, and I assume that that other guy's is very good. But they didn't. Um, but they didn't want to get sued into oblivion for saying something that's not true. But the reason why I guess the one cool thing about it, at least for me, is is now I don't have to wonder why I haven't gotten that big, and. The sponsor of this show, I think, can help you get that big. California Hormones. CA Hormones. So I guess in that way, I guess, I guess, I guess in that way, because, it, fuck, I've been working out forever. I was tripping. I was talking to Andrew last night, and I remember the 2007 games I could do all the workouts, 2008 games I could do all the workouts. Good morning, Crystal. Good morning, Mr. Halpin. I remember 2007 I could do all the events, 2008 I could do all the events, 2009 I could do all the events. I could even beat a bunch of the games athletes in those events. And then in 2010, I couldn't, I couldn't do the game, all the games workouts. There was something in there I couldn't do. And granted, I started CrossFit when I was 34, but those first three years, I was doing two workouts a day. I was addicted, like hard workouts. <clears throat> you know, do do a hero wad in the in the in the morning and a um and 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 you know something else at night, maybe even another hero wad. Who knows? But. Uh, Liver King has a business that made 100 million a year. He don't give a fuck about being natty. We keep buying his stuff. Well, I did ask Andrew about that. Hi, Brian. Hey. I did ask uh, Andrew about that. I said, what do you think? Do you think his, his supplements are junk? And Andrew said, no, absolutely not. He goes, he, um, even in the uh, in that video where they show that he, he admits to being on steroids because they got some leaked emails, he talks about how committed he is to taking those supplements as part of his regimen. Stephen Flores, Mr. Friend. Welcome to the Matrix. Um, he was taking stuff before his second work, which was CrossFit workout. That's crazy. He was taking stuff before. Um, yeah. I, I, I sent him a text uh, last night. 
after I saw the video. I said, yo, brother, I love you. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. Keep your head up. Hi, Brian. Hey. Any fancy haircuts, new clothes, um, got your nails done, um, tried to tighten up your body, anything you're doing superficial to make yourself better looking for um, Dubai? I did get a haircut. Yeah, well, good, good. That's awesome. Look at that. Look at that right there. That's nice, huh? Yeah. Is is it is it um is it blended? Can I see from the side? Is it blended? Uh, not so good. No, it's not blended. Uh, it'll look blended in a couple of days. One of my best friends and a supporter of the show gave me gave me this haircut. So careful what you say. Well, it's not. Lo- it doesn't look <laughs> blended. Well, I'm glad it was free. How's that? Was it free? Sometimes I sneak money and hide it around his house. He hates it. Oh, you're a good dude. Uh, so I do want to thank California Hormones for two things. If you want to get on the journey of um, the Liver King um, with a, a clear mindset that can push you towards a $100 million business and uh, get your testosterone levels high, uh, California Hormones has always been a great supporter of the show. And um, they are our, um, one of our primary sponsors for uh, Wadapalooza. And I will be uh, making sweet love to them the whole time. I also was notified of this today. Uh, a colleague of Brian's and a friend of mine. I don't have colleagues. I only have friends. Um, Brian Spin from the Barbell Spin. It looks like he is doing something fun for Dubai. The Barbell Spin wants to win. Barbell Spin want to win one hundred dollar gift card to L. SKD register for an account at the launchairleaderboarding.com and enter the username in the comments or fill out the form on our stories. Winner of the Dubai Fitness Championship tournament on LCL will win a hundred dollar gift card to LSKD. I don't know what LSKD is, but Hold on, you know- I'll help you. Okay, thank you. The reason that this is such a cool thing is because he's a member of the media. This is with regards to a major CrossFit offseason event. LSKD is a sponsor who's in the last 12 months has made a a move into the CrossFit space and sponsors a bunch of athletes and and competitions. Uh, They've sent me some stuff. They reach out to a bunch of influencers and personalities in the space. And he's helping uh, out Tyler Watkins, who's another friend of ours, who's, you know, building up this, this lawn chair leaderboarding fantasy community opportunity. So he's merging a bunch of different entities of the CrossFit culture surrounding the sport um, into kind of one, one opportunity here to get fans engaged, <clears throat> not just with the competition, but with uh, a, a brand who's been supportive of CrossFit this past year or maybe a little bit longer. It's a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, they, I have um, a couple of pairs pieces of their clothing that are incredibly comfortable. Usually wear their pants uh, in the evening, one of their sweatshirts, I have a couple of pairs of their shorts. When I hear the word influencer, I, I replace it with shit, shit, shit bag, shit turd. Perfect. I think that's, uh, yeah, we should probably start doing that. That'd be good. Oh my God. You're a shit turd. That's awesome. A lot of butt shots on this, um, account. Okay, cool. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you. LSKD. Did you see I, the big news this past weekend. No, what? Two thousand twenty-two cold turkey 
17. Th- you got third at the turkey trot? That's your trophy? <laughs> it's a disc golf tournament. I, I actually uh, tied for second and then with two other guys, and we went to a little playoff. Uh, playoff. So I ended up with the third place trophy. But it was by far my best performance in one of those things, which was unexpected and kind of cool. Was the playoff a one hole? Uh, yeah, a one shot closest to the pin. So I had oh, second, wow. I was the second closest out of three shots. Wow, congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, I, I'm going to say this about that uh, Tyler Watkins uh, fitness challenge thing. I've I've done it twice, and both times because I was working on this show, that, at least that's my excuse, I wasn't able to stay up to date. So basically what you do is you get four friends together or ten friends together, and you guys do a draft, and you just get on the phone, and everyone picks their athletes, and when you run out of athletes, you're done. And then usually I think the way it works is you can use every athlete twice. And so if there's 10 events, you, 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 right before the uh, event happens, you plug in your athletes. And what happened to me is, is I wouldn't plug in my athletes because I'd be fooling around on the show or preparing for the next show. And well, every time I regret it because these guys are having so much fun and I'm on the thread and I can't do any of the shit talking. It's lame. I always regret that. I, that is I would rather true. just stick in somebody. I don't even care. I just want to be a part of it. That is true. And I, I actually <clears> – <throat> Put, fill in my roster ahead of time, even if I don't know all the workouts, just so I have something just in case. Oh. But we're also playing in, I don't know what he calls it now, but I call it the pro league or the pro division. But he has since created an easy game, which is much uh, less, it requires much less interaction over the course of the of the weekend, I believe. So you can just kind of pick some players and play them up front and uh, not have that thing happen. I, I, I That's cool. Uh, I, I look at um, uh, Brandon uh, Waddell. I, I look at the PFL and what they did. They gave away $6 million this past weekend. And I think how easy it could be that I could have sold them 10000 Um, This community, the Sevon podcast, and, and the people on it, could have. we probably could have helped them sell 10000 more pay-per-views if they just would have reached out to me and been like, hey, will you please interview these six athletes? The week prior to the PFL, I bet you we would have increased uh, viewership by ten thousand. And 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 if they and may, maybe not the first time, maybe we increased it by three thousand the first time, six thousand the second time, nine thousand the third time. And they and they and people don't do that. People don't take advantage of the resources they have. PFL is kind of podunk. They don't have any promotions, but the fights were insane. And that's what brings me to this, what Brandon Waddell said. Does Brian have a closet disc golf podcast and do rankings for their athletes too? I, Brian and I have talked about doing a disc golf podcast, but those I've, we've reached out to a half dozen, dozen disc golfers and uh, no interest. And, and disc golf could be blown up exactly the same way USA weightlifting could if they were just to swerve into the CrossFit lane. Because these fucking CrossFitters, they have all of this fitness and they just want to use it. They just want to use their athleticism. So I, I don't know why. It, it, it's, a, it's a slam dunk to swerve over into this lane. And, uh, and I'll interview anyone. I would interview a basket weaving contest. I just want to, I just want to hang with the best. I'll, I will say this. I, am, I feel like I'm doing with disc golf what I did with CrossFit between 2014 and 2018. <laughs> where I just have a interest in it and i'm watching it and similarly it does stick in my mind i know a ton of the pros that you know travel on the tour and the international players and whatever so maybe down the road we'll have some more luck with it but i I do think i have a lot of knowledge and insight that can be a lot a lot don't get them started barry mccockiner 
You got the best followers, man. Just great names, these people. I know. He's a good dude. Uh, I don't know. They're the just camera... a bunch of shit turds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, none of these guys are influencers. There's no shit whoa, whoa, turds. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Trigger, trigger word. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, Coming up this weekend is the Dubai Fitness Challenge. Hey, this this guy in the chat. We reached out to Brody Smith. I actually met Brody Smith randomly when I was in Texas with at a disc golf course with Chase Ingram. He doesn't want to come on our podcast. Uh, you know, so if he wants to get big, that's great. He's I think he's doing good things. I actually like the way that he thinks about the game, but he won't come and talk to us. Bother uh, him. Go bother him and make him come over here. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm just, just going to float my own boat here. Pretty much every single person who comes on this podcast afterwards within a week will DM me or text me and be like, holy shit, I had no idea how ravenous your crowd is. Because apparently you guys will go over to their accounts and start spreading the love on them, which is crazy uh, cool. Uh, Sevon, uh, you're losing viewers, Sevon. Enough disc golf. Fine. Okay, fine. I understand. Yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, this weekend is the Dubai Fitness Challenge. Brian uh, will be going there and commentating with Derek Forrest. Forrest. Uh, it will be there. Is this the first time you guys have, have matched up to do commentating? Yeah. The only uh, commentary that I've done up apart from Zalos games last month was uh, I did Dubai. No, I did a Wadapalooza one year with Bill Grundler. No one, okay. Probably no one watched that because it was behind the Flow Elite paywall. And I did a few events at the filthy 150 alongside Maz Jacobson back in 2018 or 19. Uh, and other than that, this is my first time doing it. Derek did uh, Wada, uh, Dubai, excuse me, last year with Tommy. And so this year I'm filling in for Tommy. La- just to, I'm trying to remember because all the years last year was the year that they ran in the inside uh, on the inside ski slope, right? Correct. Okay. I watched all that. I thought I thought the comment the commentary was great that year. I enjoyed it, as I recall. I don't I, nothing negative sticking in my head. So I've been watching it back <clears throat> just to kind of learn Derek's style a little bit and reacquaint myself with what uh, you know what what happened there last year. I I went to Dubai three years ago and I worked. I was in the truck, uh, basically acting as a producer for the broadcast there, and. Um, so I have, and I, and I learned a lot in that year. And so watching back some from last year, Dubai is, uh, its own, it's its own entity. It's like a different beast. It goes about things differently than most of the other competitions because it's, you know, that country is different. It's funded by a different person or group of people. And, uh, just the way they go about doing things is a little different, but I think that based on the things I've watched and the conversations I've been able to have with, not just the event organizers, but also the people who are programming this competition, which is the HWPO crew, that we can that we can hopefully bring a pretty good broadcast. Um, but you know, part of the thing this season uh, for Dubai is you might not know all the athletes competing as well as some of the years past there when they've had some invites. So I think that hopefully to enhance the experience for people who are watching, we can start to educate them on who these people are and where they might do well. Um, so I think that's what we'll do today. Let me ask you a hard question off the, off the bat. In, in, in years past, let me start over. Take two, take three. When people put on events, I'm assuming that every year they put on event, the following year, they want to put on a bigger event, a better event, maybe better athletes, maybe more prize money, maybe more creative events, 
new locations, but I'm guessing that it's a building of on a building onto the previous events, right? So, or at least match it, you know, even at the Super Bowl, like the halftime show, I don't know how they do it in the NFL, or maybe even the, the people who make the commercials for the Super Bowl, they want to make better commercials. And even talking to uh, J.R. Howell a little bit, I could tell that he was invigorated by um, the Crash Crucible this year and the following year he wanted to do a better event. Do you see any of these events as kind of like burning out? Yes, on the men's side, we do have some amazing people. Janikowski, Roman Krenikoff, Brent Fikowski, Pat Vellner. We have some heavyweights over there. Well, not Pat Vellner. Not Pat Vellner? In this competition this year? Oh, I apologize. I didn't do my uh, due diligence. Um, oh, sorry. L- uh, Lazar Jukic. Um, it, we'll even throw Com Porter in there. Com um, Porter pretty actually pretty cool. He's re- returning to the individual field for the first time in a while, so excited to see him out there. Is Dubai on the decline? I mean, it's a relative question. You know, Dubai is like a it's a privately funded event. Um, it was a big, like a big time bucket list item for a lot of, uh, premier CrossFitters or the elite CrossFitters for like the middle teens, I would say like 2016, 17, 18, 19, especially those years, it was a really popular event to go to. Obviously a lot of things changed in 2020 globally, but, um, some of the, and you got to be careful when you talk about the prize purse. Like, for example, last year at Wadapalooza, they had a hundred thousand dollar first place prize, but it was a huge drop off to second place. Like thirty thousand was second place or something. So it was like it was a bigger price tag for the first place. But most of the athletes going there know they're not going to win first place. There's maybe three to five that actually have a chance to win first place. So if the, if you're like being drawn to Wadapalooza instead of Dubai because it's a hundred thousand instead of fifty thousand this year it's seventy five thousand instead of fifty thousand you should still like take that for what it is what are your chances of winning either of those look at the fourth fifth sixth place spots something that might be more attainable what do you get if you finish tenth place there if you're going there for for prize money so is it on the decline I don't know they're they've always done things their own way. They don't have, they're not very much influenced by the other things that are going on. Programming, they'll do what they want to do. Prize purses, they're not going to try to like keep up or one up or whatever. They just do their thing. Uh, it's still an awesome event. It's really fun to be there. If you ever have a chance to go as a fan, or at least from my experience, it's very intimate. I mean, you know, there's not 10,000 people on site. So you can like, you can see the athletes, you can get pretty close. It's a pretty good experience. I'm curious to see some uh, the new venue they have this year. As far as I know, it's the first time they've had a new venue. They've always been in the Duty Free Tennis Stadium. They're going to the Coca-Cola Arena this year, so I, you know, I think it might be a little bigger floor space. I'm curious to see what they can, you know, do in terms of production. It'll be indoor and out instead of outdoor. Um, I wouldn't say they're necessarily on a decline. I just think that they've, uh, in some ways, have kind of just been steady or stagnant. Like they haven't been trying to get better and bigger. In fact, they've scaled down their competition they used to have like 12 and 14 and 15 events and they were really heavy and long and very difficult and it was a beat down of a competition now i think it's very well tailored as an event that is um approachable for both fans and athletes uh the programming is much more in line with you know it's it's high level for sure but it's not this crazy crossfit games style beat down off-season event i mean they you know they realize that a lot of these athletes are trying to manage a season, an entire year. 
and that it's uh, maybe not that appealing to come and do a 15 workout event um, in the middle of the off season. And would you argue that the bit really the biggest limiting factor for Dubai, at least from the kind of the American centric point of view is just the travel. It's just far. So if you're into watching American athletes or North American athletes, they don't, we only have one female um, athlete from the United States this year. But that being said, Dubai does have, as I saw from your article in Barbend, they do have four uh, out of the 20 women, they represent 14 countries, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. And there's one, there is one uh, United States competitor and there's, there are three from Canada, Brent Fikowski, and then two on the women's side, uh, both games athletes, Emily Rolf and Freya Moosebrugger. Um so yeah, I mean that certainly could be a deterrent to people from the U.S. or Canada that might not know a lot of athletes, but they still have a, a good global representation. Like you mentioned, Con Porter's coming from Africa. Jamie Simmons, who lives in the U.K. but is from New Zealand originally, will be competing there. And then they have people from all over Europe. I mean, obviously the travel is a lot easier from Europe to get over there um, than from North America. But I think that you know, in general, Europe is uh, is up and coming. And there's going to be continued to be more and more relevant Europeans um, in the hunt for top 10, top 20 game spots on the men's side, especially I've you know spoken at nauseum about how good the women in Europe are. And these aren't the, maybe the biggest household European names. You don't have uh, any of the Icelandic women, um, you know, some of the ones that have been around for a while, like Sam Briggs and Krista Holta have retired, but this is the next generation of, uh, you know, European women that are going to be significant as well. And Dubai is a good opportunity to get to see them. It's only a 20 person field for most of the events. There'll just be two heats. So you get a really kind of in-depth or personal uh, view of some of these athletes that might become relevant on the, at the games level in the next couple of seasons. And with only 20 athletes, especially with uh, those four men that I mentioned, you're going to get to see a lot of action uh, without the weight. Right. Without, I mean, without the weight, without w- the weight, w- uh, no, no, without the uh, WAIT, without the weight, you're going to get to see the, the good. You're going to get to see good heats going regularly. Well, and what I what I I should have clarified this. What I meant earlier, <clears throat> the f- schedule for the competition um, on Saturday and Sunday, it's five hour windows from four to nine p.m. in Dubai. That's the that's the the whole competition on Saturday and Sunday. So you get to see however many workouts they do in a five hour block, on on two consecutive days. They will have one uh, offsite event the day before, Friday in Dubai would be like Thursday night in the in the United States. But um, but that you know it's 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 a smaller period of time to tune in and and watch. It's not like it's going on from eight a.m. to eight p.m. or something like sometimes happens. At a, at a Wadapalooza or something like that, where they have you know thousands of competitors they have to get through. You said uh, you said four to nine p.m. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday in Dubai. In Dubai, so that's ba- that's four a.m. to nine a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So ba- if you're on the East Coast, uh, you, could, you you could it's actually feasible to watch it during Eastern Standard Time. Was it like seven to one or something? Yeah, seven, seven a.m. to noon. I'm looking. It is the same day, right? They don't, we don't. You don't cross it. Okay, it is the same day. You don't cross the date line. Okay. The first event <clears throat> will be on the. Uh, I think it will be kind of weird because I think it's on Friday morning in Dubai, which would be like 10 p.m. Pacific time or something like that on Thursday. 
but uh, the majority of the competition will take place Saturday and Sunday evening in Dubai, which is Saturday and Sunday morning in the States. And, and you know, no joke, that venue was built in 2019. So for some people, this will be the nicest venue that they've ever been in. For most people, they'll never been in a venue. Venues age quickly. To go into a venue that's only three years old, uh, made over there by those guys. Those guys don't fuck around. They got some of the best engineers in the world over there. It should be a nice, nice host. Yeah, and that venue hosts a lot of different, you know, conferences and get-togethers and events and gatherings. So um, it should be. I mean, I think it was basically built for something like this. Brian, in that article that you wrote for Barbend, I think one of the things that caught my attention there was that uh, Brent Fikowski competed in an event in Egypt. I think it was called Elite, 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 Elite. What was it? Elfit. Elfit. Okay. Elfit CrossFit um, Championships or something like that. Why isn't Dubai using the word CrossFit anymore? I wrote an article about that also. Oh. Uh, I, I, th- I think you told me to read that a couple of weeks ago, and I did, but it didn't stick. What, what, what was the reasoning? Do people uh, have to pay for that? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, and there's certain, there's certain you know, expectations on both ends when you do that. And I think that uh, kind of what I said earlier, you know, Dubai does their own thing. And I think that for a few years, it made sense for them to have that um, partnership with CrossFit and include that in their branding and their name. And that this year when they look through the terms or whatever, they just decided that uh, they were okay without it. And so they were going to return to Dubai Fitness Championships, which is what they originally were. So nothing, uh, nothing nefarious or dramatic. I don't think so. No, I mean it's it's notable in the fact that it is one of the major off-season events, and they're you know they're changing away from including the name CrossFit in it. But nothing. I don't think anything negative. Uh, Brian has put out his predictions on his uh, Instagram account, but before we get to that, uh, let's. I'd like to ask some questions about some of the individual guys. Um, what What do you think Brent's doing? Is this uncharacteristic of him to be doing uh, two two off season events back to back before the Open, before we go into the CrossFit Games? And I, I'm making the assumption that he is going to compete in the CrossFit Games this year. I think he's intending to. Yeah. Uh, is it out of character for him? Uh, yes and no. Last year, I don't think he did any off season competitions. Um, but I also, you know, I think that he was coming off of a games where he didn't compete at a hundred percent or at least a portion of it competition. And he was, you know, I think he's very realistic and, and aware of his age and his, and his window of time relative to the up and coming, you know, generation of young CrossFitters right now. So I think he knows that he's still very good and still has a chance to get top 10, top fives, and maybe even one more podium finish at the games. But he has to be extremely specific and calculated in his build up to that, which he views as an entire year process. So last year he took the whole season off, got healthy, did his thing, looked good, won semifinals, came to the games, and had his worst live event, live finish at the games ever. Um, I know that he's gone back and reevaluated since then. He has taken note of some things that, you know, this is, a, this is actually a good principle for people to understand. Forever, he was good enough at running that he could just show up and do well in the running events. Last year, yeah, and, so, and so he wasn't investing a ton of time in that because he knew there were other areas where he could get more bang for his buck. 
And we've talked about, I always refer back to the Spencer Hendel 2015 example for this. The guy was super strong, one of the strongest in the field. He kept doing well in the, the strength events, but he was finishing 10th to 20th every year. And all of a sudden he finished fifth, which is a substantial improvement to move up five spots that high on the leaderboard. And he, and he did his worst ever in the strength events, but he just invested in all these other things. So Brent was also trying to make a move up the leaderboard where there's a little, very small margin. You know, To go from third or fourth to first or second is very difficult. So he wasn't investing in running. Well, he took a hit on some of the running events this year. And so he's, he's realized, well, I have to start running again because I, you know, I'm not elite anymore. I'm just pretty good. And uh, so he's, he's always doing this. So he looked back. And I think that also he decided um, that he might not have, and I don't know this, I'm just speculating in this one, that he might not have that many great opportunities to travel and be a very well-recognized elite ambassador of the sport internationally for years and years to come. And so, you know, I'm guessing that someone from Elfit reached out to him and said, would you like to come to our event? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's why Velner was there also. And they said, you can come and watch, you can come and compete. We'd just love to have you here. He took him up on that opportunity, figured he's going to be in the Middle East anyway. He'll just turn it into an extended trip and get a, and get a competition in Dubai. The last time he competed in Dubai was the last time I was there three years ago, 2019. He won the competition. So he has good memories and experience there. And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great move for him at this point in his career to go over there get to see a different part of the world, compete in a different part of the world, meet some different people. And for him, especially the fact that now he's been in the Middle East for five, six weeks leading into this, I think he's probably going to be coming into this competition very dialed in, obviously feeling very acclimated and comfortable and will likely do very well. Uh, how, how many years has Dubai been going on? This is their 10th competition. I believe it's the 11th season. I think they missed one year. And uh, Brent is the only male who – is he the only male that's ever been on the podium before at Dubai? No. <clears throat> but he's the only one who's ever won it. Uh, correct. Lazar was second last year. Um, let me just see. Sometimes go back away. Isn't there someone? And I think th- those are the only podium finishers. Yonikoski has been sixth there. Lazar's also been fifth there. Um, Yorgos Kerovis was seventh there last year. Luka Jukic was ninth. Alex Katulis 11th. So they have some guys that are coming back that it did pretty well. But podium finishes, only Brent, first place 2019, and Lazar, second place 2021. Uh, going back to the question, so so w- w- you didn't give us any specific reason why they dropped uh, the word CrossFit. Basically, all we're getting is that it doesn't suit them and it doesn't suit CrossFit based on whatever regulations there are to use the name. But the details are, are, are. I would think. I would guess that it was Dubai's decision. I think that you know CrossFit is, says if you want to have CrossFit, if you want to be a licensed event or whatever they're calling it now, these are the terms. This and whatever those terms are, Dubai either didn't like them or didn't find them beneficial. Yeah, I mean that's the only thing I, that would make sense to me. Okay, uh, back to Fikowski here. Um, I, I'm, I, I just typed in in Google uh, Brent Fikowski podcast. And I'm like, where can we listen to Brent talk? Does he not do podcasts like 2018, 2020? Here's one in September of 2022, but it's only a 52-second clip. When's the last time you saw Brent on a uh, podcast? Can you, does anything – here's one in 2020. Does it's, the bottom line count? Uh, sure, long. sure. He's been, on, he's been on with her before re- this year, I think several times, um, oftentimes talking about PFAA things. 
occasionally some comp- competition things, but uh, where do we go to learn about him? Where do we learn like <clears throat> what his childhood was like, or wh- wh- where's that? Where do we learn about, about him, about, about why he does this? Is there, is there some comprehensive defining interview of Brent Fikowski? Cause if not, I'll invite him on the podcast for the, I don't know, third time. It looks like the Clydesdale media people had an interview with him. Oh, okay. where do you see that? Is that where I'm scrolling? In the comments, uh, she oh. she mentions it here. Okay, but yeah, Scott asked. Uh, Scott asked. Scott does a fantastic job and, and digs in. Okay, I'll go check it out. Uh, hugely popular, maybe one of the most popular male active males in the space. Uh yeah. I mean, I would you know if you think about usually success, you know, dovetails into popularity, and so obviously we, Medeiros is popular. Fellner and Fikowski have been doing well for six years now. So it makes sense that they'd be popular. And then the other guys that are really, really doing well, Roman and Ricky are not, you know, they're not from North America. And so the, like the level of interest is a little bit more variable. And so, and um, they're, it's hard for me to gauge how uh, popular uh, Roman is, for example, because I don't really know that many CrossFitters from his part of the world. And they're not like regularly, you know, pouring into my DMs from Russia telling me like, hey, Roman this, Roman that. Um, and same thing with Ricky. You know, it seems like they're very well received, but uh, are they as popular as Brent and Pat? Maybe not, but they've been also been around for a long time, are very personable guys. You know, they've had those documentary series that follow their seasons uh, once each, or maybe they did one together also. So they've been, you know, they were sponsored by... Uh, Reebok for a long time. Now they've, got, you know, Pat's gone on to go with Tier, but uh, yeah, they've been, you know, pretty big faces in in the male CrossFit world for the last half decade plus. Brian loves the Canadians, though. I don't know what that means. Uh, who has who has a little test for you, Brian? Who has more Instagram followers, Justin Medeiros or Brent Fikowski? I would guess Justin, but I have no idea. Uh, Brent Fikowski has, uh, I think, over 600,000, and Justin just barely peaks over 502,000. Winner, okay. Brent, Brent Fikowski. Uh, how do you watch this? How are we going to watch this at home, this Dubai Fitness Championship? Um, TBD and the off-site event, we will, we'll see. I'm not sure. But for the other ones, it'll, it'll be streamed on uh, YouTube, Dubai uh, fitness championship youtube channel um i'm uh you know crossfit not being a part of it i'm sure they will not restream it i think i think morning chalk up is a media partner with them but i'm not sure if they're going to restream it but at the very least dubai fitness championship youtube will be an easy place to find it you tell them i'd love to restream it for them let's go over here to live uh it doesn't look like they have the links up yet, although YouTube is restructured and I don't know how to find anything anymore. This, oh, this is it though, right? This is their page, Dubai Fitness Championship? I think so. So guys, basically all you have to do is pull this page up in your browser, keep refreshing it for the next few days, and then um, it looks like we're already subscribed to it. Then come over here and then hit the all button, and there'll be a button under here I think that will say notify me. And you just click that button that says notify me and it'll send you a text to your phone or a, a message, not a text, but a uh, some sort of notification 
to your phone or your computer when they go live. Wait, oh, look at that. I just clicked this and put all, and it didn't stick. Okay, here we go. Great. Okay. All right. It's that easy. Uh, one more time, Brian. I know we talked about the prize money. What's the prize money for first, second, and third place? I have to find that out exactly. I know it's $50,000 okay. for first. You don't even have to. Someone in the comments will do it for you. There's pl- there's uh, uh, 319 personal assistants. Um, so we're fine. Uh, so, uh, we don't know the time yet. Um, prize money incoming. Uh, we know 40. What do you mean uh, we don't know the time? Oh, sorry. We do know the time. Sorry. We do know the time. You're right. We just don't the know offsite the offsite event. We're not, is not, I'm not sure how, uh, how or where we'll be able to watch it. Uh, hopefully find out more information when I get there tomorrow, but the rest of it is very straightforward. And is the offsite event on Friday? Okay, and then the re- and then s- there's only one event on Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday we presume is the the four uh, four a.m. my time or let, no no sorry four p.m. to nine p.m. their time four a.m. to nine p.m. nine a.m. my time. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we know that there are twenty female, twenty male competitors. Um, why zero um, invites this year? Uh. Just a, you know, I think just a decision they made to kind of go back to their origins in that regard as well. Uh, the, you know, the prior, I believe. Okay, that's what I thought. Thank you, Alyssa. Um, 50K, 30K, 20K for top three. Pretty good. The, uh, I think it was 2016 was the first time that they had invites maybe or 2017. And then prior to that, they'd always, it always had been, uh, you know, you had to qualify. So I think they just wanted to return to that. Um just decision they made no no particular reason otherwise all right uh are you ready to look at your uh list sure uh do you think that the list um it, it has any controversy in it at all uh possibly i don't know i decided to do the men and women side by side this time usually i do them separately so uh Okay, why? Uh, what has Brent Fikowski done? Well, let's wait. Let's not start with Brent. Let's go with Lazar Jugic. How, how healthy is Lazar? Have you talked to him? <clears throat> I mean, uh, by all accounts, it seems like he's fine, which is hard for me to believe or understand. You know, if you were not not aware, he competed at the Rogue Invitational. He rolled his ankle inwards on the Texas Trail Run. After, through conversations with him. It sounded like he might have a small fracture in his ankle, that it probably wasn't a ligament or a tendon. Um, And it's been like six weeks, and now he's getting set to compete again. He has advertised on his Instagram that he's been like basically in a hardcore training camp with his brother, who's also in this competition, and they've been doing all the same training, eating, sleeping, and just getting super dialed in for this. And I know that he's going there with the intention of winning it. I just can't wrap my mind around having you know an ankle injury that makes you finish last in a, in a competition. And then six weeks later showing up to another off season major event and winning it like that. Just, but he says he's fine. So I'm projecting him to, to do well. Based on what he's saying, what if you didn't have that information? Would he, would you put him lower? Maybe. I mean, 
maybe right? one spot. I still have this like thought in my mind. Like if you're not healthy, why would you, why would you do this? If there's a risk of making it worse, why would you do a competition like this? You don't need to do it. You're just entering like the prime of your career. You've got two back-to-back top 10 finishes at the games. Really everything on paper is saying that he's the type of guy that could improve still at the games um, on the trajectory he's been on. I kind of, I kind of view him similarly to uh, Jeff Adler, where he just seems to be like doing all the right things and moving steadily and steadily up the rankings. Uh, so if there's a risk of making this whatever's whatever happened to his ankle worse, you know, I don't know why he would risk it. And therefore, I be- have to believe that he's showing up confident that he can compete without being you know concerned about doing any further damage. What place did he take at Rogue? Wasn't it like last, dead last? Dead last. Yeah, and he's clearly not the least fit guy in that field. You know, he probably, it's not a great style of competition for him overall. I, you know, I think he would have finished somewhere between eighth and 15th um, as a low and high end if, if all, all else was normal, meaning not hurt himself in the first workout. But, you know, that's why it's like <laughs> he took last because of an injury. And now you're competing again in a big competition six weeks later. And it wasn't just, an, we saw the injury. Uh, on the feed, uh, we, we saw the after effects of the injury. We basically saw him for two days basically limping around and nursing it. And yet he says on here in his post, four weeks later and I feel better than ever. I am much fitter and much more confident than I was a month ago. There's one person in particular I owe this to, my brother Luca. So I, I'm wondering how, he, like you were saying, just to reiterate what you're saying, how is he even able to train these 24-7, seven to eight hours a day training with an injured ankle, you would think that the best he could hope for is to come back um, healed, but not with any significant training. Yep. I mean, he's a stu- I guess super, super straightforward and upstanding guy. I and mean, he's not going to tell you anything that's not true. So just take his word for him that he's healthy. And we know that when he's healthy, he can be a threat to win this thing. Okay, and since we were on uh, Lazar, who you have as number two, the, the person I'm most interested in is the gentleman you have at number eight. His brother. Uh, his brother, Luka Jukic. Uh, he, 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 how close did he get to going to the games last year? Wasn't it close? Basically one or two overhead squats away. And, and, and that was in a semifinal event or in a last chance? Yeah, Lowlands Throwdown. I was there live on the field working with the broadcast. And it was a really, I mean, this is kind of like what you want in a semifinal. The last workout had some bar muscle ups, some calories on an echo bike, and 10 overhead squats at 225 pounds. <clears throat> and it's just that type of workout where you got to ride the line. But if you screw it up, it could cost you everything in terms of your season. If you're a guy like Luka Jukic, whose objective is to qualify for the games. He qualified the year previously online. He finished third place. His brother finished second in that same online competition. And I think it was really important to Luka to back that up and say, I didn't make the games because it was an online competition. I made the games because I'm good enough to be there. And so what happened in that workout is, and, and, and just like his brother, and keep in mind, he's two or three years younger than his brother. So strength has always been their biggest challenge to build up the necessary strength to compete at the level they want to. Their gymnastics is good. Their aerobic capacity is amazing. Their work ethic is phenomenal. Their discipline, their drive. I mean, it's, it's top notch and it's elite. And their mental game. They, they, uh, Lazar always seems so strong mentally. 
Oh, for sure. They, you know, he, especially I've seen bounce back. We've talked about how he'll have something bad happen to him, his fault or otherwise. And it just doesn't phase him. the bike to work event was out of his head in minutes. I was dwelling on it for days. He just moves forward. I think his brother is coming along in that regard. And, you know, men in general, he, I think Lucas 23 or four now, and they are continuing to develop their, that mental maturity through their mid twenties. So I think he's, he's evolving in that way too. Um, anyway, in that workout, it was really f- kind of fascinating because he was in a battle with Uldis Upinex, Enrico Zanoni. Uh, there may have been one, uh, uh, um, Adrian Munweiler. And then out of nowhere, I remember standing on the field and I said to the broadcast team, I said, hey, just so you know, Moritz Fiebeck is in lane two here. He's in eighth place and it's not impossible that he could win this workout. This is a perfect workout for him. And he did win the workout and it was enough to catapult him all the way up to fourth. Then I'm watching Enrico Zanoni, who I basically know nothing about, and I'm like, this guy is not that big. 10, 10 squats at, at 225 overhead squats at the end of the competition with everything on the line, and he hit him unbroken and looked amazing. I was so impressed that he was able to do that. And in the meantime, Adrian Munweiler struggled, and Luka Jukic struggled, and Fiebic and Zanoni went, and Munweiler and Luka were out. And that's how close it was. Damn. Since uh- then... This guy has been competing like a madman. I wrote an article about it. Like that. Who, I, Luke, who, who, Luca? Yeah. Basically saying, I don't advise the type of schedule that he's created for himself in terms of competition this year. But he, he's, I've talked to him a little bit and he basically said like, I'm angry. <laughs> like, and I want to go out there and compete because I need to cut my teeth on the competition for. Now it's been a, a, the longest stretch of time that he's gone without competing since then from his last competition until Dubai. And we'll see what he's, you know, first of all, what he's learned. Is he able to elevate that kind of mature mental approach to the competition? And secondly, if a, if a workout comes out that demands strength or volume strength, you know, he, he this isn't like um, the strongest field. We don't have guys that are going to like clean, clean and jerk 375 or snatch 320 in this field, really. So he'll probably be uh, okay. And like if, if there's a one rep max or a complex style workout. But if there's a, a workout that has like 10, 20, 30 reps like that did of a moderate weight barbell movement, I want to see if his strength has caught up a little bit to the field. Uh, here he is um, doing a clean. I don't know the weight on it, but basically relative to the field. That looks like three, you know, that looks like a, a 325 or something. Relative to the field, we need to see him get 1% stronger than the field, than, than he was last year. So if the entire field got 1% stronger, he, he just needs to just move that dial a little bit, which is difficult at his level, and then we'll probably see him at the games. But this is basically going to be his first, our, our first big look at him, no? I would say yes. I mean, he competed in Madrid. He didn't do great there. I know he's pretty bummed about the performance. but What, what were his shortcomings there? can't i can't remember exactly um but it was uh you know that was a weird competition there was no live stream there were 80 people in the field it was hard to follow exactly what was going on there were very short workouts so like small margins created big gaps you could be like 20 seconds in 20 places or something um so but i think you know yeah so i would agree with that this is the big like the first big look we've had at him since semifinals uh this 
if, if, if Brent Fikowski shows up, that is the Brent Fikowski that kind of we hold in his head. He runs away with this, right? But also that being said, you're not surprised if Janikowski wins. Uh, I think the top three guys here will will separate from the rest of the field. Um, I also spoke to Yona, and he, you know, what I what I said to him was like, "Hey, man, my perspective is that since having your surgery." not this past September, but two Septembers ago, so like 15 months ago, that every time I've seen you, you've been, you've looked better and better, stronger and stronger, fitter and fitter. And he said, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm getting back to being myself. And just like Lazar and just like Brent, he's coming here fully believing that he can win this thing. And he's competed there before. Like I said, he was sixth place in uh, 2019. That was a really, really good year. Fikowski, Valner, Kranikov, Gumanson, Jukic, and Koski were the top six that year. And and Khan Porter, what's Khan doing? <laughs> I, I, why is Khan going to this? Uh, well, event? First of all, he's a, he's with LSKD, that okay. uh, clothing brand that you didn't know about. Yeah, why Khan. is he going there? I think, you know, Khan is. I love Khan Porter, man. He's just he's very authentic. He does what he wants to do. He's great energy. He's a great competitor. I think it's is awesome that he's going to be in this field. I think he'll bring a lot of personality to the competition. And I think it's, you know, for him, because he's been doing the team thing, he's been traveling, he's launched a new business with James Newberry. Like he's got all these other things that are really positive in his life. So I think he's going to be competing pretty freely here. Like, you know, while, while those guys that I have here on the list of, ahead of him are coming in, believing like I can win this thing and that might be their expectation. I think Khan's coming here and he's, gonna compete hard he always does but i think he's also just having a ton of fun in his life right now and this is a cool opportunity for him to compete in a competitive but not like elite individual uh competition in an environment that's fun he's been there before as well how old is con hmm. 29 or something like that okay uh and, and and any injuries from him basically he's 32, excuse me he's 32, 32. Okay, so he, so he might be he might be in the beginning of his decline. He might be he's three years away from being a masters athlete. He's only one of two male athletes in the field that didn't reply to my inquiry, so I have to give him a hard time about that. Uh, I just I don't know why I, I don't know why I'm just surprised that he's pushing into this. Uh, why he's going to uh, Dubai? I don't know why it it perplexes me. He was on a team. I'm guessing that what what's going on with that team? Is that team going back to the games next year? Has Annie said anything? Is that right? Reykjavik team uh, staying together? I'm not sure. I think uh, a lot of teams had certain plans in mind. And with the announcements that CrossFit made, you know, in the last month or so about the changes in the, um, the team structure where you can do it a little bit more freely that a lot of people have been reevaluating that. And I think also, I think there've been a lot of conversations globally and, and nationally about possibilities of teams. And so I think that the team landscape is a little bit unknown right now. And I haven't heard anything since then about uh, whether that team's going to do run it back or not. From what details you have about the path you, to Craig. the, to the games, um, can Com Porter make it to the games in 2023? <laughs> Assuming, I mean, I'm think, trying to think. All of the elite CrossFitters, male CrossFitters from Australia or New Zealand or Oceania, live there. While on the women's side, we know that you know 
Tia may or may not compete in Australia. Jamie Simmons may or may not compete in Australia. Cara Saunders may or may not compete at all. You still have Ricky. You still have Jay. You still have uh, Royce. You still have the uh, King of the North up there, Baden Brown. You, and, and Did you, you have say these, Jay Crouch? I said Jay Crouch. Yeah. Okay. So, you, you sure. know, it's a bit of a gauntlet to try to qualify on the men's side. There's these young guys, Jake Douglas, Bailey Martin. I don't know if Ben or Luke Fowler is going to compete this year. I don't know if Luke DeYoung is coming back. You throw in a guy like, uh, you know, some of these wild card guys like a, a Matt McLeod, Zeke Grove, Luke Fiso from New Zealand. Like it's really, it's really difficult. Now, I don't know that any of those guys – Again, Ellie may may or may not be in uh, in Australia. So the women are like dispersed all over the globe. Pretty much all the men that are relevant are in Australia or Oceania than living there. So it's really hard to qualify. And I don't know, and we don't know how many spots they're going to get because we, you know, we're, we're waiting to find out some of that information. I think that if Con Porter invest went all in to try to compete as an individual this year, that the best he could do at a semifinal in Australia is fourth place. And if he placed fourth place there i do think that there's a chance that they that they could end up with four spots so i would say there is an outside chance you could make it if you wanted to explain that to me again if they're only going to take they're not going to take four spots they're guaranteed three Uh uh-huh but there are 17 spots yet to be distributed we don't know what the distribution process is okay so we don't even know if there's going to be a last chance qualifier if it's some other not be a last chance qualifier there will not be they took the two last chance qualifier spots they took 10 spots from north america and five spots from europe out of the guaranteed pool so oceana which we're talking about is guaranteed three and then if they for example do well enough in whatever model crossfit releases to earn one extra spot on the men's side because it's not guaranteed that the men and women will get the same number of spots so maybe they'll get four from the Torium Pro, if that's the semifinal again next year or whatever their qualifier is. And all the semifinals will have the same workouts. Yes. So in the most simplistic sense, he if they were taking 17 um, uh, people, he would have to be the other – he would have to be in Those that 17 top. spots will be distributed prior to semifinals. So I don't you – know, oh. it's hard to speculate because we don't know what the process for distributing those spots is. I have my opinions wait, wait, about wait, wait. it. Wait, that doesn't even make sense to me. What do you mean? Oh, I see Everyone's what you're saying. A so, okay. So when we go into the semifinals, everyone's number of people going to the games will be adjusted based on some other statistic that we don't know yet. Compilation statistics. Okay. I thought it was after the semifinals. It's kind of in replacement of the last chance qualifier. They're no. removing the last chance qualifier altogether and they're going to be so when they go into Australia, they'll know. Oh, we have we have eight spots this year. It could be four for the women, five for the men. Okay. Uh, it's, so everyone is guaranteed a minimum. Okay. And Adrian Bosman has been very very clear that by the time semifinal starts, in fact, a few weeks to a month before semifinal starts, every continent, every semifinal will know how many male and female qualifying spots they have to the game. What's the most someone could have? Do we know? Could someone get all 17? Oh. Could someone get all 17 of them? Could it be top Let's 22? Just, I mean, it's unlikely because North America has two semifinals, but what I think is most likely is that of those 17 spots, that seven of them additional will go to North America East, so you'll end up with 12. Five or six will go to North America West, so you end up with 10 or 11. And then the remaining 
or maybe all but the remaining one, maybe four will go to Europe. So they'll have nine and maybe one will go to Oceania. So they'll have four. How many competitors in the semifinals this year? <laughs> is it tw- in, at, at each okay, event? Well, I, is it 20 men and 20 women or no. is it 40 men and 40 women? 60 men and 60 women in each semifinal for North America and 60 Holy in shit. Europe. Still wow. 30 in the others. That's, that's, yeah. Which is a big, I mean, this is another thing that CrossFit has to be thinking about is how are we going to broadcast that? Are we going to run 10 heats of six men, 10 heats of six women, or six heats of 10 or whatever it is, men, six heats of 10 women, 12 heats per workout, seven workouts. I mean, that's a lot. And who's going to want to sit and watch six heats of the same, 12 heats of the same thing. And, and, and it's going to really affect the scoring also. It's going to affect the scoring people who take last place. If you take last place in one event, you will be significantly punished. And yeah. And you have to be extremely calculated in what scoring model you're going to use and make sure that that makes sense in the, in the programming that you've come up with. Look, I think that we're prepared to, to help them with that between me and Tyler and helping, we can do that job and we can, we've done it. Uh, I have try have to trust that there also have people that are capable of doing that job and that they have a, a soundproof plan that they've been more forward thinking to identify problems and make sure they don't happen before they have, uh, cause they haven't done a good job of that in the past. Uh, Tyler Watkins, what's it like to be Sevon to have a life outside of CrossFit and it's only one hour of his day. It's cool. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, uh, Big, 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 I think it's a big event for Luke, Luke, Luka Jukic and Lazar Jukic. We're going to see if Lazar's ankle is okay. We're going to see. I mean, he, literally he came last place at the Rogue Invitational, and now he's coming back here, and Brian, for some reason, has him in second place. Uh, for some but, reason. I mean, he's he is the fittest guy in the field based on the games the last year. This, they could call this the fucking broken horse championships. I mean, these <laughs> look at these guys. Brent Fikowski, Lazar Jukic, and Janikowski. These are, these are, if these guys were horses, they would have already all been taken out into the field and shot and put down. I'm lying. I'm dying. And then we got Con Porter down here who I, I don't know what he's doing. He just, he just see, doesn't seem, it just seems odd to me that he's going over there to, to test his skills at, at 33. What about this guy? More, more it's fee big. Could this be so his, this is, how old is this guy? Can this guy be, could this be his coming out party? He wins this event and we're like, holy shit, we got a new guy. Well, not a coming out party. He's 27 or maybe he's 28 by now. It's hard for me to, to I don't know when all their birthdays are, but you know, that's a, a good competitive age. He's one of the guys I mentioned that uh, usurped Luka Jukic on that last workout that Lowlands throw down by winning that workout, securing a fourth place spot. He had a pretty bad showing at the games. I would say he has um, since then kind of doubled down on his commitment to this sport. So he's, he owns three boxes, I think, in Germany. Wow. And I think he was doing some personal coaching. But now he's working and living in Mallorca with John Singleton in the program. And he's taken steps in his um, other business and personal lives to remove his responsibilities from those things. He's still involved, but much less so. And he's fully committed and believes that he can you know, get back to the games and do significantly better. <clears throat> so... I'm taking a bit of a flyer on him here. Uh, if he finishes fourth, fifth, sixth, it would be his best competitive finish outside of the lowlands last year. And I think this field is actually fairly comparable in terms of overall quality to a European semifinal field. Um, 
So it's not unprecedented for him to have a top five finish in a competition like this, but this would be a good finish if he's able to do it. And I'm basically, after talking with all of the athletes in their camps and stuff, there are a lot of guys coming into this. For example, the Greek guys, Yorgos Ketavis and Alex Katoulis, they could easily beat Moritz in this, but they competed last year at the Madrid or last weekend. They competed last weekend, Katoulis and Yorgos Ketavis there at the Madrid Challenger Championship or Series. Yorgos got first. Alex got third, and uh, I don't think it's that easy to compete back-to-back weekends. So they won a decent paychecks there, twelve and 6,000 euros, I believe, for their wow. respective finishes. But, um, you know, uh, Guillaume Briant was at the games this year, and he did a lot better than Moritz. Uh, I have had uh, opportunity to see the workouts. I've actually done seven of the eight workouts myself or versions wow. of them, and I think that this is going to be a good competition for Moritz. I could be wrong, but he is, I would say, like the kind of the flyer or the um, I was gambling on him with that pick a little bit this weekend. Uh, there was a comment here earlier. Uh, I'd like to hear someone's take on Liver King. If you, I will talk more about it. But if you go to the beginning of the show before Brian came on the first five minutes, I spoke at length about it. OK, um, Brian, um, what was I going to add? There was one more thing I wanted to mention about this. Moritz. Oh, anything else you want to say about these guys uh, on this list? Any, any, any particular guy that you want to be like, Hey, we need to talk about this guy. Uh, go to 11, uh, one page to the left there. Um, just Luca Vunjak is in this field. He was also at the lowlands throwdown. He, he's also from Serbia. So you got Lazar, Luca, Jukic brothers, and also Vunjak here. He was so impressive to me at semifinals, and he actually won one of the workouts there. He had like three top five finishes and then three finishes outside the top 20. He, like, a lot of these guys are invigorated by that. They're not sure. They go there, they do really well on some things, and they see these problems. He has also reinvested in his training. He said, he, you know, it was very obvious to him the things he needed to work on. He's been, you know, investing a lot into that. He's a, he's a smaller athlete. So like range of motion, barbell cycling, gymnastics, um, I think like six to nine minute workouts are things he can really excel in. So I'm curious to see how much progress he's made since semifinals because uh, he's also not very old. He's only 22 or 23 years old. And he looked like he just had some elements of the way that he was moving and competing that made me think that he could become pretty good. So when I mentioned earlier, before we started talking about athletes specifically, that there are athletes in this field who you may not know a lot about, but you might want to, he's one of those guys for me. Luca Vunjak. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I intend to check in with some of these guys when I get there and make sure we have the pronunciations right. It could be a soft J. I'm not sure, but I'll hopefully get it right for the broadcast. God, he does look young. Yeah. he His build overall is like very uh, Noah Olson, Matt Fraser-esque, you know, like strong and mighty, not the biggest guy, but uh, moves pretty well. So I'm excited to watch him compete. And then for the men, there are four Spaniards in this field. I've been mentioning it over the course of the, this year that Spain is on the ascendancy in Europe. They're congregating athletes into this training culture environment. Um, Fabian Benito is probably the most well-known of these guys. I think I put him in the side, the top 10 Fabian. And then the other guys I kind of sprinkled throughout the field. Yeah. Fabian in ninth there. Fabian finished eighth at Lowlands throwdown, which was that competition that Luca was in that Vunjak and both Jukic brothers and Moritz Fiebeck. He bombed the first workout dead last on the Lagos rope climb, just like 
terrible execution and then climbed all the way back to eighth and made the last chance qualifier. He's also kind of just in that, uh, coming into that prime of his career, 26, 27 years old. Um, I think he's leading the charge of these guys, but you have Damian Martinez Satoris, who won one of the Zalos games workouts. You have Aniol Ikai, who was second place at Madrid uh, Championships behind Lazar Jukic, which, you know, that was a really impressive performance that he had there. So I want to see if he can back that up. And then you have Javier Gonzalez Fernandez, who's he's probably the guy that I know the least about, but I do know <clears throat> that he won a, a local competition in Spain recently. And he was on a team last year, and one of his teammates failed the drug test, so he didn't get to compete last season, even though he had a pretty good, excuse me, um, start to start to the year. So I'm watching the Spaniards as well, not just on the men's side, but the women also. Did this did this guy compete last week too in Madrid? Who is this? Uh, this is Fabian. Uh, uh, Fabian Benito. I don't think so. When was um when how many weeks ago was the uh L fit or whatever Fikowski about did? a month a month okay so he's good I think so I mean I think he'll be just fine ready for this all righty uh let us cruise over to the ladies. No massive names here. <clears throat> no, no, no. I mean, Jamie, Jamie Simmons, I, Matilda Garns, games athlete. All five women on the front page are games athletes. Okay. All game. Uh, any of those women been on the podium at the games? Jamie with the team and as an individual. And as an individual. 2019. Wow. And she won Dubai in 2014. Yep. She's uh been a, she's she, let's see that's crazy. Think Winner about how Dubai long ago that is. Fourteen. She was second in Dubai in 2018. She was fifth in Dubai in 2019. She's competed there a lot of times. But remember, her, they used to live there. Her and um, Elliot used to live in Abu Dhabi. Eight years ago, she competed in this event. How old is she? Thirty-one or thirty-two. And is, she's not living there anymore. They're in the UK now. They've been there for maybe two years. And she didn't and she didn't make it to the games last year. No. So all of the women in, in Oceania competed last year, or all of the top women. I believe it was Tia, Kara, Ellie, Maddie, Jamie. Now there were some others that didn't compete that are pretty good, like Laura Clifton, who had qualified the previous year and went on a team. I've talked about them before. Um, <clears throat> but think about the women who beat her. Tia Claire Toomey, six-time winning champion of the games. Cara Saunders, legend of the sport, 10-time games qualifier. You know, she was in the top 10 of the games this year. Ellie Turner, obviously on the ascendancy. She was uh, had her best performance at the games. <clears throat> Came, you know, lost on a tie break to podiuming at Rogue. And Maddie Sturt, who just won the Down Under Crossfit Championship, four-time games athlete, been in the top 20 a couple times at the games. And Jamie was coming back from a bit of an injury. She didn't compete the previous season because of some surgeries, I think. So, you know, his fifth place, but there is absolutely no, no logical reason that the Oceanic women with the lineup they had last year shouldn't have gotten five spots to the games. You know, if this system was in place that they have this year, most likely, uh, we don't know exactly what it is. They would have had five qualifying spots last year and she would have been at the games, probably taken somewhere around 10th to 15th place. So 
I, you know, I think that she's still very good. There's nothing about the history of the sport that says that someone with the level of experience and success that she has at 32 years old can't still be competitive. Uh, and I think she's a favorite to win this thing. Uh, let me give you a conspiracy theory. It'd be very popular these days, at least the use of the term. And they almost always seem to be right. Uh, she's 32. She, instead of uh, resting and preparing for the games, she's going here because it's her kind of her homeland. It's her old, it's her old stomping ground. Right, not her homeland, but her old stomping ground. So she's going here, even though it's probably not the smartest things to do, because she got some sort of special accommodation, and really she should be just chilling for the games. What do you mean special accommodation? She was third in the qualifier. Uh, but, but, but no, no, not special accommodation in terms of getting in. I don't mean like that. I mean clearly she's a badass. Clearly she earned her way. But I mean like this is a this is an emotional because because she used to live there. She knows the people there. She probably knows the event organizers. She probably got a deal on the hotel room. Probably has a nice place to stay. That's what I mean. She has friends there, oh. and that this is being this is an emotional decision instead of a decision of what's best for uh, damn she's strong instead of what's best for her uh, career. Couldn't disagree more. Okay, tell me. I mean, she's coming back from a big uh, shoulder injury last season, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to get some competition co- experience and confidence. This is a great competition for her to go to because of all the things that you said, and an opportunity for her to get some competition legs under her. Uh, she doesn't need them, does she, Brian? She's a hardcore vet. I still think there's a lot of value in it. We've heard. Uh, People like Vellner and Noah Olson talk about it after having one or two years of the COVID problems that they would say like, no, you know, going back out and having a chance to compete in the offseason is important for me just to have those touches on a competition floor. There's This is December. The next time she has to do a major competition with anything meaningful in, in a live setting is going to be in May or June. Plenty of time, no matter what happens here. So I think... Totally fine, reasonable, practical, and probably a good decision for her to compete in Dubai this year. So it's just a conspiracy. It's just a conspiracy theory. It's just in your head. Okay, good. Uh, if I want to get on the Jamie Simmons uh, bandwagon, uh, she is your first place pick. What do I want to see in the programming, and what don't I want to see? Honestly, against this field, I don't think there's very much that's going to come up that's going to be too problematic for her in terms of her strengths. She's, you know, she's. Very good on um, gymnastics, high skill gymnastics, especially. So she would want to see, which I think we just saw a video of things like Legos rope climbs, ring muscle ups, barbell cycling, uh, burpees, devil's press, which is something that, um, you know, Dubai historically has, has like the, the thumbnail of, uh, having programmed them oh, a decade ago. Now this is the first time they programmed devil's press in a competition, um, those types of things, box jump overs, uh, you know, the worst things for her would be a machines. Like if there's a workout that's just like they had the acid bath one year, that's a tough workout for her. Cause she's pretty, you know, pretty small. But if one workout like that comes out against, you know, seven, eight, nine workouts, whatever they have, I don't think that's going to be a, a detriment to her when she's going to have top three finishes, most likely and several others. Um, she can go I- long, she can swim. So, you know, if they go in the desert, if they go in the ocean, if they have a long run, no problem. When when I see these athletes, the name that jumps out out at me, the one that I would just pick if I just had to pick, and God knows you shouldn't let me pick, but I would pick Emily Rolf. When I think of the – she's seasoned. She's got games experience. She's been through a lot. She never seems rattled. She seems to have uh, a, a lot of the tools. Um, 
why, why fourth for her? And would you be surprised if she won? No, I would say the top four here are probably like where I said, the top three men are probably going to separate. I could see the top four women here separating from everyone else. Um, Emily Rolf has competed in Dubai the last two years. She was eighth last year, and then she was uh, sixth in 2019. So she's had some success there. But And you look at the names of people that have beaten her. In 2019, Sigmund's daughter, Frey, who I have one spot ahead of her here, Briggs, Magala, and Sim- Jamie Simmons. Okay. That's, pretty, that's pretty good company. Yeah. And then last year, Horvath, Holta, Magala, Briggs, Dahlstrom, Nistler, Sigmund's daughter. Wow. You know, okay. So, so she so doesn't get beat by uh, nobodies. It's all... Yeah, no, she's very, she's very good. And, um, the thing for Emily is this is the first time that she's competing since that, you know, blood clot situation and workout one at the games this year. So it's a little bit of her comeback. I think she's very excited about that. I think she'll probably do very well. I'm just picking her behind these three other women who I think, I think that, you know, I want to be surprised if you see a hundred point drop off from fourth to fifth this weekend. Wow. Is, is this Cara Frey? Mm-hmm. God, I don't even. Yeah, re- someone I don't recognize the- her. This is she. She went oh to the games. Savan, <sighs> what? This is the woman I've been telling you about for years. Okay, that tell I, me, tell because me. Because we already established that like that nothing sticks. Go ahead. So, 2018, going into the final event, was Briggs Green, Sigmund's daughter, and Frey. Briggs, Jamie Green, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and this woman, and all of them had a chance to win. They were all within like 10 or 12 points of each other with one workout to go. She ended up taking fourth out of those four, which is fine. And and it was that year that I thought, man, this woman just needs to get to the games. She's okay online. She's pretty pretty fierce in person. She's um, She was second place in 2019 to Sarah Sigmund's daughter, as I already mentioned. So she's already podiumed in Dubai. She's been this close to winning in Dubai. She didn't have the best year at the games she has a few things that i still think she's not elite on um but what what is she not elite on well definitely handstand walking is a is a problem for her more complex the longer the more you know she she's not she's just slow and it's very deliberate and when you're trying to be the best like that's a skill that sometimes so the problem with not being good at handstand walking is there's a lot of people that aren't very good at other things that are amazing at handstand walking. So mm. when you take a hit on a workout like that, it can be really costly. And when you're trying to win, the margins for error are small. And so if your weakness takes a big hit where someone else's weakness takes a smaller hit, that can be a problem. And if you're not Laura Horvath, who's going to offset it with four or five event wins in a competition, then you're kind of, you're just going to be behind a couple people. Um, but I also think that she's on an upward trajectory. She finished a pretty intensive schooling program, I think, two, uh, 18 months ago or so now, or maybe two years ago. And so Is she's she a been, nurse? Is she a nurse? Well, I don't think she's working. I can't remember what her degree was in, but she... I'm totally getting Andrea Nistler, Taylor Williamson vibes from her. Is this girl tall? Yeah, she's like 5'7". Um, that I remember one year she competed with dreadlocks and I kind of I thought of her as like the, the female version of the predator out there on the floor, just like this intimidating force that you're not really sure who she is or where she's coming from. She doesn't speak the greatest English and you're just like, okay, just like stay in your lane, please. Cause you're kind of scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I think I, I, I would say she could win. Emily could win. Matilda Garns could win. Jamie could win. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive battle for the, all the podium spots on the women's side. So you're saying, does Dubai, um, uh, use handstand walk. Have you they seen? Have they have had handstand have. walking in the past. Yeah. Is there anything that they don't use? 
Uh, I think when you look back through their programming over the years, you'll see that they've touched on pretty much everything. You know, they'll, they'll bring in the odd object stuff. Sometimes they'll have the high skill gymnastics. Like I said, they'll go off site, they'll run, they'll swim, they'll use machines. They have machine only workouts. They'll do, they'll have a heavy lift and a barbell cycling workout. So like, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll run the gamut a little bit and they've had a lot, you know, program some stuff that no one else has ever programmed, like the deck squats and the a jumps and the, um, supinated grip chest to bar pull-ups and stuff like that. Who's the youngest athlete in the field? For the women, she, either I mean, I guess yeah, I guess let's start with the women. But either if, if anything jumps out at you, I think it is Freya, twenty years old for the women. I think that Victor Hoffer is nineteen for the men. Yeah. Oh, oh for Freya uh, Moosebrugger, she's the Canadian girl. Yeah, have her there eighth. Uh, what about this girl, uh, Andrea Solberg? Why do I know that name? She games athlete. She did compete in the games in 2020, the mm-hmm. online version, stage one. So you never have seen her compete in the games in a live setting. She was also at Rogue. She was uh, she was dead last in Rogue. Ah, uh, but she was she was at Rogue competing. this year. That's how I know the name. Yeah, but she was not competing healthy at Rogue, and she's uh, she says she's feeling a lot better now. Uh, why do you have her at 13th if she qualified for Rogue and? Uh, yeah, tell me. And so wh- she, why can't what Amy Tangle do better? I need someone from if, the Isle of Man to win. What, what, let's talk about her next. Sorry, a- a- Andrea Solberg. Why, why do can't you know she what do a better? peritonsillar abscess is? No. Well, you that's spell it for me, though. I'll look it up. Go uh, ahead. P e r i t o n. Hold on. P e r i t o n. S i l l e r. S i l l e r. And then a separate word, abscess, A-B-S-C-E-S. Oh, oh this is going to be good. The word comes up, drainage. Ooh, I don't know if we want to fuck with this. Anyway, that was happening to her prior to Rogue. So, it was, Oh, it's something in her tonsils. It's in your mouth. So her words were that she was in survival mode there. And like I've talked about, Rogue is a really unique and special event. You may not only ever get a chance to compete there one time, so you're going to want to find a way to do it. She wasn't competing at her best, obviously. And look, she's she was never going to do great in the rogue field. I think she was always going to finish 15th to 20. We're talking about the best women in the world. She's amazing at online qualifiers. She's her burpees, barbell cycling, high volume gymnastics stuff is just exceptional. And what you don't get in online qualifiers is machines, long distance running. You maybe have one heavy thing, but not multiple heavy things. No uh, strong man, odd, odd objects, stuff like that. In live competition, you get most of that stuff, or at least doses of it. So she won't do as well in a live competition as she will online. Um, P- Peritonsillar abscess is a complication of tonsillitis. It is most often caused by a type of bacteria called a beta stepococcus. Uh, it's an abscess most often occurs in older children, adolescents, and young adults. The condition is rare in antibiotics. It looks it looks uh, painful. Uh, it is a it can be serious, especially if it grows large and blocks your throat. Okay, so shit. So it affects her breathing. And look, I thought, like, for example, that she would do really well on the ring muscle up goblet squat and running workout because she's really good in the gymnastics. And, you know, for the women that the muscle ups were a major factor in that. And she did pretty badly on it. And that was at the point of the weekend. I mean, I know it was towards the end of the weekend where I was like, maybe something's not right with her because this is a workout she should do better on. And it turns out there was something wrong. No one hates me. What is this? She hates Sevon. Who hates Sevon? 
No one hates me. Trust me. Anyone says they hate me, they don't know me or they don't even know what hate is. Uh, um, and, and what about Amy Kringle? What about Amy Kringle? Eleventh. Uh, can she do better? Can she? Can she? Can she jump the I, ranks? I, I really need to get her on the show. I want her. Look, she's young. Uh, she had a you know pretty good start to the season. I would say not even that bad of a semifinal. Twelfth place in your first semifinal strength and depth is an okay finish. So I think she's showing some promise. Um, she has a. We got to see, like, she's pretty good on certain things. And I think she has some deficient deficiency on other things. And the biggest problem is that her upper body gymnastics skills, pressing and pulling are not great. And that's those things matter a lot, you know, over the course of a, of a weekend of a, a high level CrossFit competition. I think she can have some good workouts. She's got a track and field background. She's pretty good on the longer stuff. If there's a long run or a longer workout that doesn't have a lot of high skill gymnastics in it, I think those are places I would look for her to excel. I'm curious to see how she does if any strength tests show up. Um, you know, I'm always looking for that for young athletes because it can be a big separator, like we talked about with Luka uh, Jukic, for example, who's a similar age to her. So she's the type of athlete I would expect we'll see one or two top five finishes from two or three bottom five finishes from a bunch else in the middle and it'll net her, you know, somewhere around a, a middle pack finish. Look at that gym she's training in. So she trains, uh, I think she trains with, she says she trains with a team training program. Uh, Will Kane and Zach George are part of this program in the UK over there. Um, but she has, I mean, she has a goal of, of becoming the fittest in the UK and a goal of, of making it to the CrossFit Games. She's said that she's been training alongside the AOD fitness team at times who have been to the Games before and that she uh, has been investing a lot into the things that she's not as good at. So she's making all the right plays, putting herself in a competitive and professional training environment there in the UK. And uh, I'm excited to see her this weekend. Uh, you know, this is again, one of these athletes, she might not make the games this year. She might not make it next year, but if she stays on the track, she's on, I think that she has potential to make a couple of CrossFit games. If she, if she can continue to improve on those things. Every athlete we've looked at has a promo from Dubai. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like they give a shit about their event guys. I mean, this, this should be for those, for, for, those other big events out there that want to promote their event, this is like a no-brainer. Put your put your logo on it. Say it again. Rogue did the same. They made all the uh, they made videos for all their athletes. Confirmed. They had like that confirmed thing, and yeah, a little real. Awesome. I expect nothing less from dear Bill and Katie. Uh, back to the list. What's the most exciting thing here in in the uh, in the woman's side? Oh. The most, I mean, I personally, I think that the the battle for the the win and the podium spots is going to be a good one, which is always nice. Looking at like the tier just below that, so say Herkaya, Freya Musbrugger, the people in like um, Manuel Nagonis, Oyana Moya, Claudia Gluck, I'd say that those five women. All five of those women, I'm curious. Obviously, Seher Kaya and Freya Musburger made the games this year, so they may be a little distinguished relative to those other three. Um, but 
I think that the others are in the conversation with them in terms of overall quality and potential. Most of these are pretty young. Claudia Gluck is very much like a Luca Vunjak on the men's side where she had a couple really good performances, a couple not as good performances, but the stuff she wasn't great at, I think she can improve on. She's also super young. She actually trains with Victor Hoffer, who's a young guy having 18th there, the youngest guy competing in the men's field um, from France. So I'm, you know, I think that there are several kind of layers of things interesting to me, but I'm, you know, I want to see some of those athletes that I say are in the second tier make some strides forward, take a couple risks in a competition like this. You know, say here, Kaya didn't have too many moments at the games that were big standout moments, but she's training in Oslo with uh, Kristen Holta and the Oslo Norway team. I think Matilda Garns is up there. So she, again, she's in a great training environment. She's young. I'm hopeful that she's um, going to give us some memorable moments uh, this weekend. And uh, and Dana Peran uh, strongly representing Black Lives Matter and Asians uh, for Blacks uh, here from, <laughs> from from the United States. Okay, uh, well, we'll focus on our competitive uh, characters. Ah, it's a it's a it's a full full persona, full persona. Oh, she's one of the athletes that's waiting for uh, payout. She competed at Can West, yes. Or maybe uh, she's just in protest. It seems maybe protesting is just her thing, and it's not so much her that wasn't didn't get paid. We earned every penny that weekend, and that prize money goes beyond those days that we competed at Can West. It's everything leading up to it, hours and hours of training, qualifiers, trips, expenses. I don't regret the experience. Oh, cool. But yeah, it fucking sucks doing the work and not getting paid. Doing the work. <laughs> oh, she was ninth place there. Um <clears throat> She said she told me she doesn't have a coaching team. She follows hard work, pays off programming, and then she makes some tweaks to that to focus on her weaknesses, which she uh, and the Can West Games affirmed this were uh, upper body pulling. So her two worst workouts there had chest to bar and bar muscle up. I'd assume that like something like a rope climb or legless rope climb and a ring muscle up would also be you know areas of focus for her. Um, and she's and she's ca- capable of working out. Here's some a restrictive breathing technique uh, she used. Uh, for training she uh she has a weightlifting background she was an olympic weightlifter in michigan she trained at the olympic weightlifting site there for a couple years uh similarly to matt fraser i think she might have said that she trained at the same facility he trained at for a while um she had a a career-ending injury with a shattered foot and ankle and uh she's been you know recovering from that for several years obviously now back in, in crossfit she's not that old she's only 26 or 27 um she did qualify for semifinals this year. She was actually 50th in the quarterfinals for North America, but she declined to compete for personal reasons, which I don't know what those are. So basically our first real look at her. Uh, <clears throat> is this video from 2015? <sighs> no. It says 2021. Yeah, that's the when bottom. the post is. Yeah, but I don't know. I was going to. All right, uh, no no chance. The the American has no chance. Just good to see an American there, but no chance of. Um... I mean, she's a huge she's a huge unknown. I would I don't think so. I think that there's enough women in this field that are very well established uh, mm-hmm. competitors that you know if anything in the top ten would be remarkable. There was one other thing I thought that I should point out on here. I'll just leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. Brian Brian's a professional. Okay, uh, here we go. Back to uh, the leaderboard. A little off script here. 
because you know I spent hours and hours scripting out these shows. Someone said that all these shows are scripted out. It was like I, I, they meant it as a put down, but I took it as a compliment. Um, and one of my favorites, Man in Anganese. Uh, she she games athlete, right? No, Man in Anganese. You're re- you're recognizing her from Rogue. And and the semifinals, she first popped on my radar at the semifinals by doing the touch and go with that hundred pound bag, while the rest of the ladies were doing onesies. She did that last year at Dubai. Oh, was it at Dubai? She I saw it somewhere in semifinals this okay. year because okay. she uh, failed to get her scores in on time due to that time zone complication. Where right, the U.S. had their their, their daylight savings and. Why can't she get on the first page? Why can't we switch her out with uh, uh, say say hair? Sorry, say hair. I mean, there are some people that that uh, I think someone even made a comment that said that that she might be uh, better than that. Um, yeah, she got, gotta say I love the picks, but Man and Anganese was super impressive at Rogue. I think she could definitely break the top five. I think Emily Rolf might play the few events wrong, seeing as she might be so fired up to compete. See, she missed showing up at the games, but otherwise, I think the picks are solid, like always, brother. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, okay, so I have her sixth. That person thinks she could finish fifth or, or, or fourth or something like that. Fine. Um, no, Manon is very good. I think like a lot of these athletes, she's getting better and better. She is a little older, 29 or 30 at this point, but I don't think it's a problem uh, her age at all. Um, and, yeah, she did do well at Rogue. She was 11th, the best of any of the female qualifiers who came through the queue. Uh, she had a couple of good workouts for sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think she's going to have a good competition. Uh, can she win it? No, I don't think she can win, but what's her hole? What's her hole? Long, long, slow. Uh, I don't, well, I don't think that, that, that a hole is necessarily the reason she can win. I just think that some of the, can't win some of these that, yeah, I just think some of these, um, women are a little bit better than her. Uh, one of the things that she did mention that she's had a, that is, I think is pretty cool is that she hasn't had any setbacks in terms of injury in her CrossFit career. And we've talked about so many other people that have. So that is generally a good sign. According to her, yes, running and swimming are the things that she's worst at and sort of things that she's been working on. So we'll see if she gets a chance to maybe show us an improvement in those. Uh, like I said earlier uh, from reading oh, the something pop- else about her that I think Please. you'll find interesting is her coach is Andre Houdet. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Manganese's coach is Andre Houdet? Yeah, she, it's the, it's called the No Shortcuts Programming. Man and Anganese. I got to say her name right. Okay. And Andre uh, Houdet is very calculated, as we've talked about, very methodical in his approach to fitness. I'm sure that he you know, treats his programming for other athletes the same way so manion is i would think is a great person to watch this year i talked about it last year and actually her both her uh Anna and moya are women that i think can be in the conversation for qualifying in the european semifinal next year especially if they end up getting 12 or 13 spots which i do not think is outside the realm of possibility given the state of uh competitive crossfit in europe right now for women um so we'll see yeah she should be you should have your eyes on her this weekend for sure I, I don't want to spread misinformation, but I think um, Houday may have just affiliated his gym. I think it might be a CrossFit gym now. And But when you think of Man on Anganese, you think she would need more Chris Hinshaw or more Mayhem programming and less uh, Houday, right? I mean, Houday's strong as an ox, right? And and obviously, I don't know what his programming looks like, but... Fat, fun fact about Man on Anganese, 
She told me she's been one spot away from the games four times since 2019. And you know what that sounds like is Brent Fikowski. Remember all those years where there were two spots in Canada West and he was like third by a point, third by two points, fourth by three points or something like that. And then he finally made it through and had a great, great showing. Okay. How old is she? 29, 30. All right. Uh, Katie Gannon, your top eight puzzle me will be listening uh, tomorrow. Uh, but we don't we don't know why it puzzles her. Do we know why it puzzles her? No. This is the this is the lady who wants to make sure that I always give credit to Lauren Khalil. She is Lauren Khalil's uh, manager. She's, she's <laughs> not true, small... but she does she does the social media for the morning chalk up, and she does I think she does an amazing job. Yeah, she has a small dog that fits in a basket. She, um, she crossfits. She coaches volleyball. Yeah. Good, good to the kids. Great. Right. Good person. I've enjoyed getting to know her over the last year or so. I, I don't know what, she, what her issue is with the top eight women on my list. Uh, I feel pretty good about those picks, but maybe she'll, maybe she'll tell me personally. She listens. She likes uh, sunshine and good lyrics. They make her happy. All right. Good. Me too. Me too. All right. Compatible. You're compatible with her, Brian. So are you. I am. That's true. Uh, I like when Brian says fun fact. That that adds sunshine to your life. Uh, Brian Friend has such a great intonation with foreign names. Actually, thank you. I try, I try to do that well. It's It can be difficult, but. Let me hear you say Iraq or Iran. Iran. Uh, all right. Cool. Iraq. All right. You know, I had a friend in high school who was from Greece. We all called him Hercules, but his name was Irakili. Irakili. Did you call him that? Uh, not really. But his license plate said Irakili, which is say cool. Say Jorge. Jorge. All right, fine. I was trying to one-up you, but I can't. You're right. He wins. He's good. He's, he's got the foreign shit down. Uh, Brian, anything else we want to say about Dubai? Well, let me say this a couple of things uh, before I give the Seven, any? Uh, do you have a couple of things that you want to say? No, I don't think so. Oh, yes, I do. Thank you. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, the Dubai Fitness Challenge starts on Friday. That's this uh, uh, challenge. This Friday. This challenge starts this Friday. Uh, Brian will be the commentator there with Derek Forrest. Shit, I lost my calendar. Oh, there it is. Uh, but there will be an event on uh, Friday, no, uh, December 2nd. So on Friday, there will be an event. I don't think we have a time announced yet, but it will be. And I don't know if it will be broadcast, but if anyone does broadcast it with Instagram Live or anything, we will rip their feed and we will go live on this channel. Then starting at 4 a.m. Maybe. That's going to be like 10 p.m. on Thursday night for you. I'll still – I'll rip it. Anything – I'll rip it. Anything for, for – for the for the supporters of the podcast uh, then on saturday starting at 4 a.m uh dubai time to 9 a.m which is uh 4 p.m to 9 p.m dubai time 4 a.m to 9 a.m pacific time thank you you should just be doing everything <laughs> i guess you are you're correcting me too so that's on both days so that's nice the schedule is the same you don't have to remember a lot of different stuff 4 a.m to 9 a.m dubai and time. i love this approach from a competition standpoint the athletes know okay we have a five hour comp competition window maybe we have three four or five who knows how many workouts in that time but it's five hours i have the whole day to do what i need to do and get ready 
I have a five-hour window to compete. I have the whole day, and I have a five-hour window to compete. It's very digestible. It's reasonable. It's approachable. I like this model. So let me do the math for you. If you're on the East Coast of the United States, you can get up at 6.30 a.m. on Saturday, make a cup of coffee, turn on your YouTube, and at 7 a.m., you'll be able to listen to the sweet sound of Derek and Brian Friend commentate these beautiful bodies as they torture them. And you can do that both on Saturday and Sunday morning. Sunday morning, get up at 6.30. By 7 a.m., the show starts. Uh, but, but more importantly than all of that, I suspect on Thursday, I will be jumping on here with J.R. Howell and Taylor Self, maybe some others, to review the programming that hopefully will be released on Thursday morning, uh, uh, USA time, Pacific Standard Time. So, t- you know, people are always curious about the workouts, the workout announcements, and how competitions go about doing that. Generally speaking, Dubai's MO for that is once the athletes are all on site, they have a athlete briefing, introductions, whatever, and they'll usually really release the majority of those workouts during that meeting to a private group. You'll have the athletes, the coaches, and maybe a few media members who are in town for the event. And so that will that, that meeting is scheduled for Thursday midday in Dubai, uh, which is basically midnight in in middle of the night in the U.S. So probably when you wake up on Thursday morning in the U.S. or, or in Europe, that you'll be able to have at least a, a knowledge of several of the events or a majority of the events. And that should hopefully give the boys a chance to prep some stuff and do a little program analysis on what we do know Thursday night in the U.S. leading into the opening workout Friday morning in Dubai. When do you fly? Excuse me. When do you fly? After we get off this show, I'm going to take a shower, finish up my packing, put everything in order in the house, head downtown Chicago, meeting Patrick Clark to watch the USA play Iran in the Iran, 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 excuse me, in the what I think is the biggest uh, soccer match that the the U.S. men's national team has had in quite some time. From there, we'll head over to the airport and we got a direct 14 hour flight to Dubai. And and when do you land, Brian? So tomorrow night, it's a it's a 14 hour flight with a 10 hour time change. So it's full day. Okay, so so do you know, have you seen an itinerary? Do you know when the athlete briefing is? On December 1st. I have it. Uh, I have to check the exact time. And then I have a, let's see if I have a, the time. Nope, I pulled it down. Damn it. Oh, they're just 12 hours difference. They're 12 hours ahead. Okay. Uh, December 1st, noon, athlete registration. Oh, athlete briefing. Oh, it's actually in the evening, six o'clock in the evening on December 1st, which is 6 a.m. Here. So that should be done by 8 a.m. on the 1st. It's only an hour. So by 7 a.m. you should, you should. Okay. So I bet you we're going to do that. I bet you thir- so Thursday, and I will try to find a time. I don't know how busy Brian's going to be. I will try to find a time that we can get Brian to come on. Obviously, if it's he's supposed to be sleeping and preparing uh, for the following day's events, we won't get him. But I'll try to get Brian on here too. Um, and I want to um, thank uh, – are, are we done here, Brian? What do you mean? Are, is the show over? I don't know. I, th- I think we, we summed it up good. Anything else left? 
Uh, <laughs> Katie Gannon texts me. Oh, what did she say? She thinks I have the right eight, but in the wrong order. She's surprised I have Jamie in first and her first time back. She'd put her top three. She'd put Manion higher, Moya lower. Simmons, Rolf, Garns on the podium, but not in that order. There we go. What, oh, okay. I should have pulled up your... Uh, shit, I got my shit all screwed up. I should have pulled up your uh, your post as you read that. I was too busy thinking about... Um, Dana uh, Dana Paran's Asians for Black Lives. I think yeah, I'm going to start. Ended the show a minute ago. You're right. I'm going to I'm going to start an organization. She inspired me. That's Black Lives for Asians. I think it's only fair, only appropriate. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I will see you this evening. We have the rapper Hocus Four Fifths coming on at 6 p.m. today. I'm excited for that. It's going to be a great show. Um, and uh, Brian and I will see you very shortly. Thank you, Brian. Thanks.